Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. We invite Pastor Ross to come and share today. Let's welcome him as he comes. Thanks, Peter. Well, it's great to be back in Harvey Bay at Bayside. We were in Dolby last weekend. We had a great weekend there. Did a men's breakfast and Marilyn spoke at a coffee and dessert night and we preached on Sunday twice and we just had an awesome night. Lots of people got filled with the Holy Spirit and uh, prophecies flowing everywhere. So it was a very powerful time. And this week we were at the men's conference yesterday in Bundaberg with Pastor Wayne Alcorn preaching. That was a great time. And uh, I was in Kingaroy last night doing an induction for a new pastor out there. So I've traveled about 2,000 kilometers this week and I've been, I've been to 14 meetings this week already so I'm fired up just in the presence of God most of the week it's in conferences and everything but it's been so good as we're worshiping the Lord dropped that scripture in my heart our God is able to exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or imagine or even think by his spirit at work within us whatever challenge you've got today God is greater and I believe that he wants to touch our hearts and our lives and uh, the Bible says to bring your needs and ask for God's healing power. And uh, just, is George out counting money, is he? Can we uh, drag him out of the counting room? George and Sylvia have asked us to pray. George was uh, diagnosed just this week with a, a melanoma growth behind one of his eyes. And we're going to anoint him with oil and believe for God's healing power because our God is a healer and a restorer and the Bible says to call for the elders of the church and we're going to do it anoint with oil. George do you want to come with Sylvia and uh, we just want to anoint you with oil and believe. He was out there serving counting the money just being on our frontline team but I'd like you to come George and we're going to believe for God's healing power. You guys are faithful servants of God but stuff happens on the journey of life which we don't expect. He wasn't expecting that diagnosis but our God's greater. Our God is greater. Why don't some of the elders and leaders come and do, let's do what the scripture says, some of the pastors and leaders. Let's join around and congregation because the Bible says we anoint with oil, we lay hands on the sick and the prayer of faith will make the sick person well. That's what we've been, I taught that three weeks ago. The prayer of faith. And we're going to believe right now. And even as we're praying for George for this growth beyond his eye, there's several other people here and you've got medical challenges that you know you need God's breakthrough. Why don't you reach a hand to heaven while we're praying up here as well and you receive your healing right now as we pray. Lord, according to your word now, we anoint George with oil in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we lay hands on him and pray the prayer of faith right now. And Lord, we speak your healing over his body. Lord, this growth... Lord, would be removed from behind his eye. Lord, your healing would come over his body. There would be no long-term complications. And Lord, he will be able to continue to serve, to work. Lord, to fulfill his responsibilities and what you've placed before him. In Jesus' name, we release your healing power and we thank you for your breakthrough, Father. Lord, we surround this family with your grace and power. And Lord, I thank you for your healing presence, Lord right now in Jesus' name, that you would be glorified. Father, we pray also for people in the congregation right now that are standing and reaching up in faith. Let your healing power touch their bodies and their souls. Those family members, we pray for Jeff Piper that's been in hospital. I pray, touch Jeff and raise him up in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I thank you for your healing power that is at work. Lord, we love you. 
We give you praise. And Lord, you can do exceedingly abundantly above what we ask or think according to your power that is at work within us. And we receive that. And Lord, I thank you that your name is all-powerful and you are our healer and restorer. And I thank you for your breakthrough, Lord. Lord, we give you praise right now. Let, let George and Silver, as they walk this faith journey, just know your power and grace in an amazing way. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. By your stripes, we are healed. We give you praise. Let's give him thanks to, today. God bless you guys. Ready to see Oh, God. Let's take our seats. Thanks, team. God is so, so good. I really want to welcome you. Next Friday, we're going to have hot cross buns after uh, Easter, Good Friday service. And there's a whole lot of people in our community. They only go to church on Christmas and Easter. Let's not condemn them for that, but let's take the opportunity to bring them and let them experience Jesus. And uh, the first service, we had several people respond to Jesus, a couple of first-time commitments. And uh, two people I talked to, I said, how did you get to church? Did someone invite you? No. One guy said, I walked around town this week looking for a church, and I walked past your church, and I thought, I'm going to come there on Sunday, and he made a recommitment to Jesus. Hasn't been in church for about 15 years. I thought, God, your Spirit's drawing people. Your Spirit's drawing people. And so you keep inviting, because the more seeds we sow, the more harvest we reap. When we drove out to Dolby, I was just so amazed. It's the greenest I've ever seen that country for a long time. They've had so much rain. And I thought, wow, when the rain comes, it touches the seeds and the grass and the trees and everything just shoots to life. And today as we're worshiping, I just felt the presence of Jesus watering some seeds in our hearts. I started a series on prayer about uh, four or five weeks ago, and I just want to pick that up and, and tie some areas together. We talked about prayer is relationship with the Lord, not just asking for things. It's the prayer of faith that we just did now, um, anointing with all and praying in faith. I talked about how prayer changes us. We start praying for someone else to change, and guess what? God does a work on us and changes our attitude, our heart, our grace, our forgiveness. We talked about the authority in prayer, persevering prayer. The woman who came and just didn't give up, just kept on knocking until the answer came. We talked about praying in the Spirit, where we pray in our heavenly language and pray in the, the, our natural earthly language and we sing in the Spirit and we, we sing with our natural understanding and how God takes us on a journey of faith. Last time I shared a couple of weeks ago before Pastor Abraham, we talked about prayer is calling on the name of the Lord. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Not maybe or might be, will be saved. You call on God and He hears your prayer and there's a response in uh, our hearts. Also, prayer is seeking God's face. We had the elections yesterday. And we need to keep praying for that to all get sorted. Some of the uh, results are still too close to know. But let's just pray also for those candidates who stood, wanted to serve the community, and they didn't get elected. Some of them will be in significant disappointment today, and some of you know some of them. So let's just pray and connect and encourage them for being willing to put their hand up to be a blessing in our community. And... Uh, 2 Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. Not just his hand to bring breakthrough, but seek the face of God where you connect with God because when you meet him and you seek his face, his answers come. Turn from your wicked ways. 
Then I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. And Jeremiah 29, 11 to 14, one of the well-known uh, verses, I'll read it in the message. It says, when you call on me, when you come and pray to me, I'll listen. When you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. Hallelujah, that's a great promise, isn't it? God's decree, I'll turn things around for you. Wow, what a beautiful promise. That sometimes we're not sure of the steps ahead. God says, I will be there. I'll hear your cry. I will reveal myself to you. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Today, I want to pick it up on the next point about personal prayer. We have corporate prayer. I want to talk about corporate prayer and personal prayer today. First of all, let's talk about personal prayer. Prayer is not just asking God for lots of things. It is communion with God. It is waiting for Him. It is worship. It is love. It is being renewed every day in our journey. Because we have tough seasons in life. Like Mary Lynn was sharing. One day the crowd's cheering you on. The next day they're wanting to kill you. I was reminded about some of the religious that says, Why are they cheering for you, Jesus? He says, Listen, if you guys don't praise me, the rocks will cry out. And I've determined I'm never going to let a rock put me out of my job. I'm going to be a praiser, so no rock's going to take over my role of being a praiser and a worshipper of Jesus Christ. They said, why are the kids yelling out, Hosanna? I said, just you make sure you praise God on the journey. And let's not change sides and be condemning Jesus and yelling out, crucify him. Personal prayer. James 4.8 says, come near to God and he will come near to you. And you can think about that and say, well, how do you come near to God? Well, you're doing it right now. You got out of bed this morning. You had other things you could have done. You could have been cleaning the house or down the beach or visiting the friends or down sipping uh, lattes on the beachfront. You could be doing all those things. But no, you have chosen to draw near to God by being in church today. You've chosen to draw near to God by worshipping and hearing the word and fellowshipping together. So you're already drawing near to God. We do it each time in our daily walk when we've opened the Bible before we head out to work. I used to be a youth pastor a few years ago and uh, hard to believe but I was very passionate as a youth pastor. I used to preach no Bible, no breakfast. I used to teach my young people. If they didn't read the Bible, they, they didn't have the right to eat breakfast. They'd read the Bible before they were. So I was a bit passionate but I think some of them I've, I meet some of them now and they still remember that they said you were the crazy youth pastor you should tell us no bible no breakfast thank you for being passionate because I've I've never forgotten that and if I get up and start eating breakfast before I read the bible I think I need to put God first <laughs> it wasn't legalistic but it was passionate and and I believe every day when we just take time to connect with God whatever fits into your schedule some people that doesn't work because you're not awake till 10 o'clock you're walking around, but your body and spirit's not awake, really. So that doesn't really work for you. But lunchtime or afternoons or whenever fits with you. Some of you need some breakfast, then do it because you had your third cup of coffee. Then you can commune with God because you're actually now awake and alert. Whatever works for you, but it's that personal connection with God. Draw near to God and He will draw near. Not maybe or if you pray long enough and hard enough, it just says, draw near to God and He will draw near to you. His Spirit will come. His presence will flow. And I believe God's reminding us to draw near. Look at Hebrews 
10.22. Let us draw near to God. Now it gives us a bit more clarity. With a sincere heart. Doesn't mean a perfect heart. Doesn't mean you've got it all sorted out or you understand how all this prayer thing works. But with a sincere, real, authentic heart. Even sometimes a heart that's overwhelmed and saying, God, help. He'd prefer a sincere heart like that than putting on a nice religious face to try and impress God. That doesn't, doesn't cut it with God. He loves you as you are. And with a full assurance that faith brings. Sometimes you're not approaching God with full of faith. You're just saying, God, help. Or, Lord, how come it hasn't happened yet? So we wrestle through disappointment. The enemy's lied to you about fears and other people have pressured you. Sincere heart with full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience. Wow, we all need that. We have guilt sometimes consuming us, but He washes and cleanses us, and having our bodies washed with pure water. And when I was preparing this, I was thinking about that. We're having a water baptism, and so people are going to get baptized in water and rise up in new life. Sometimes it's like when you maybe had a young child and you said, go and have a shower. 25 seconds later, they're out dressed. You think, did you turn the water on? You have to actually go and see whether there's any water in the bottom of the shower. They're in and out because they've got something more important they want to do, a play or see a show or do something. I hope we're not like that with God, that we rush in and out and don't have any time for His water of life and love to wash over us and refresh us and renew don't do the 25 second shower with God take time for his presence his love whatever that means for you it might be two minutes it might be five minutes it might be half an hour an hour whatever fits or whatever the need is but just daily taking time of personal connection you say I don't know what to do put some Christian music on and just let it wash over your soul pray have a prayer list open the word and say lord make this real to me because i'm just not getting this or he's got you on a journey and and you say you can't wait to open the next page and see what the story is the word of god is more alive to me now than it has been for many years it's like i'm god's got me on a journey and i i can't wait to open it and read and pray worship in the spirit get your spirit connected there are so many ways have a journal write down what god's speaking to you really helps on that preparation and process. So don't rush in and out the 25-second shower like the, the kid who wants to go out and play. Lord, let's take the time that is available and necessary. And that varies in our lives. Then it goes on to uh, Hebrews 4.14. It says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach the throne, God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. How awesome that we can come to his throne of grace. You say, well, I don't have confidence. Well, that's why you need to come to the throne of grace. Sometimes when we feel condemned or overwhelmed, that's the time we come, whether it's boldly, confidently, or crawling on our knees saying, help me, Jesus. Just come. 
just come. And when things don't work out the way they should, just say, God, help me to get, make sense of this. Sometimes even when you're serving God, you feel God stir your heart to go and share Jesus with someone and they just reject it and don't want to listen. I think, hold on, Lord, I, I'm sure you told me to do that. You just planted a seed. Don't let the disappointment of someone else's reaction make you feel guilty and that you missed it. You mightn't have missed it at all. It might have been the sowing of the first seed. That stirring to go and apologize and ask for forgiveness and they won't receive it. God, I'm sure you told me to do that. He did. You did what you could. Then it's between them and God, their response. Don't pull back when it doesn't quite work. Or the disappointment of a prayer that's not yet answered. Or even in ministry and service, sometimes people don't appreciate or receive all that God does through your life. Don't back off. Just keep touching people's hearts and letting His presence flow through your life. And that throne of grace will touch us. This morning I woke up and I just felt stirred to put on a CD and I pulled out one of Darlene Sheck's ones. And she started singing this song and it just touched my heart. She was singing this song, one of the psalmists wrote, Morning by morning. Your mercy awakens my soul. It just went over and over. And as I'm getting breakfast and pulling out the word and just getting ready for that, just this song's going, to, morning by morning, your mercy awakens my soul. I thought that's what prayer is. It's personal connection where your soul gets awakened afresh every day with God. And I just thought, wow, you love us so much. And he just wants to awaken your soul, to draw you closer so that you can wait in His presence, to wait expectantly for the Lord. Sometimes we need to say less and listen more. Sometimes when I get just in the presence of God, I say less and listen more, and it's very refreshing because the Holy Spirit's dropping things and nudging things into our hearts and readjusting our thinking and the Scriptures come alive. And there are times I'm a talker and I love to say lots and sing lots, but every now and then the Lord says, just listen. That's why a few months ago I was in a prayer meeting here and I was walking up and down praying in the Spirit and praying for church and I felt the nudge of the Holy Spirit said, sit down, pull out your pen and paper, I want to show you something. I almost missed the nudge because I was so busy praying for God to move. He says, so, slow down, I want to... And that's when he... I did and that's when he showed me that flow of revivals and how God's stirring. It was just a very powerful revelation that I nearly missed because I was so busy praying. God wants to sometimes just you to slow down, slow down the words and listen more. To wait patiently on the Lord. That's not we're not good at that because we're just so busy doing stuff. And I find this not easy, but I'm learning to close the mouth sometimes and listen. I remember I went on a men's retreat many years ago. There was a lovely spiritual Anglican gentleman there. He, somehow he was leading this Pentecostal men's camp he gave us an assignment the next morning he says okay i liked him because he said if you you got to pray before you have breakfast so he was on my way me but then i didn't like him because he said you've got a half an hour you need to take your bible find a quiet spot on this campground and you're not allowed to say a word for the first 27 minutes you're only allowed three minutes at the end to talk to god i want you to listen for 27 minutes i thought 27 minutes if you're not used to that that's a long time i'm looking at me what four minutes has gone oh 27 I'm, i wasn't used to quietly listening to god 
took me about 20 minutes to get quiet enough. And I was reading the Word, and all of a sudden, some things started to flow. And then I had three minutes at the end to pray and ask God. And I thought, wow, what a discipline. It really challenged my heart, because I'm a talker and a speaker, and I had to stop for 27 minutes and listen. And then when we got back together after uh, breakfast, we got in groups, and we had to talk about what the Holy Spirit had told us. And many of us said the same thing. It was very difficult to sit quietly and wait patiently for 27 minutes just to commune with God. And I don't recommend that every day, but there are times when we just say and speak and ask and and there are some treasures that come in the moments where we listen as the Word just opens up and we listen to His presence. Isaiah 40 verse 31 in the Amplified says, But those who wait for the Lord, who expect... Look for and hope in Him. So waiting is not sort of sitting around thinking, oh, I wish the time would hurry up. It's actually expectantly waiting and believing God's going to commune with you, wash you, speak to you, refresh you, inspire you, strengthen you. So when you're speaking, when you go out and do life that day, you've got something to carry. You've got His presence to carry with you. Then it goes on, those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength and renew their power. They will lift up their wings and rise up close to God like eagles rising towards the sun. They will run and not become weary. They will walk and not grow tired. Wow, how many people get tired in this crazy, busy world? We just get tired from business pressures and family pressures and expectations we put on ourselves and disappointments and and junk from our past and Oh, so much stuff just drains us. Here it says, they will not grow tired or weary. Wow. So maybe part of the restoring of your strength is just that little bit extra time of waiting in His presence. Just expecting, listening, waiting, communing. Oh, I don't just do it blankly. I'll have some Christian music on the background. I'll have the Word open and and I'll just have my notepad open and And that's when God often nudges me, touches my heart, or gets me ready for whatever's going to happen that day or that week. And so there's, I believe God's saying, draw near to God and He will draw near to you. And He will refresh our hearts and our souls. I want to talk about one other key area today, and that's the power of corporate prayer. So we have personal prayer, and when we're touching God in our own lives, Or maybe we're struggling in our own lives. Wow, how awesome it is when you get together. Corporate prayer can be two or more people gathered in His name. So That's why being together at church is an awesome, awesome thing. Because the Spirit of God flows and and, and someone speaks from the front or you have a moment of fellowship over a cuppa. And I was watching this morning people praying for each other out in the morning tea area and God's grace just overflowing hearts and, and the truth of the Word just comes in and touches your soul. The Holy Spirit anointing comes while we're in worship. The the Spirit of God just overflows our heart and washes over you. As the worship team is up here singing, it's like just the the presence of God is just washing over our souls. And we're all being lifted up as eagles towards the sun. Oh, that is just so awesome. And so God does that. The corporate, I want to look at Acts chapter 12. Just look at one story today. Verse 1, it was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. 
He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. This was terrible times of persecution. When he saw that this met with approval from among the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. <coughs> Peter, one of the leaders of the church. This happened during the festival of unleavened bread. After arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. Peter was so dangerous, they had 16 soldiers to guard him. I wonder, I just wonder how much the enemy is concerned about your life. That's an interesting thought. Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? I was talking to Pastor Murray out at Dolby last week. He was a missionary in New Guinea. And they were in a meeting and praying for someone. And someone was overwhelmed by evil spirits from the darkness. And manifestation of light and dark. He's praying and says, I'm not coming out because I don't know you. But I know this pastor that lived further away because he had a more powerful ministry. This pastor said, that's not true, you're a liar, and I've got the same authority as him. Get out in Jesus' name. The kingdom of darkness knows those who know their authority in Jesus. I don't say that to scare us, but we need to be known by Jesus, and the enemy needs to know who you are, because Peter needed 16 soldiers to guard him because he was a dangerous man in God's hands. I thought, wow, Lord, help us to live in your presence so that when you go in the workplace... God's love shines. His love flows. So anyway, Peter's arrested, 16 soldiers, intending to bring him out for the public trial after the Passover. Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. Wow, the church swung into action with prayer. And they started crying out to God. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, we don't know how many nights he was in prison. Indication was it was probably a little while. Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly, an angel Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up and said, Quick, get up! How would you like to be slapped in the face by an angel? We, we all want an angel to visit. How do you about one getting slapped up the side and saying, Wake up, Peter! Some of us spiritually get asleep and God has to give us a good old shake sometimes. says, Whoa, wake up! So he gives him a slap and, and when... And he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrists. As soon as the power of God came in that cell, he got up and the chains fell off when he moved in response to God's spirit. Then the angel said, put on your clothes and sandals. And Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision or having a dream. Wow. Sometimes we're going through life and we think we're, we're in a terrible dream or, or a nightmare. But God wants to show his reality and power. Don't stay in a place of darkness. They passed the first and second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself and they went through it. I remember Dion Hockey was here last year and he preached on the Wednesday night this 
passage and he talked in a different light but he said the gates of this city are opening for this church and for the body of Christ and I believe God's swinging them open and the more we worship the more we pray the more we live in his overflow that God's opening the gates that have locked up people groups and areas and uh parts of this city God's opening the doors and we're going to walk through and see his grace and power touch the young people and the single people and the older people and the uni students and and whatever area of influence you have we're going to see this gate swing open and God's going to bring his light and freedom into every area of our city and our community and I believe as we pray that prepares our hearts and together we move forward in Jesus name some will pray others will go and God will stir our hearts together And I believe those gates are swinging open because the people were praying. And it says, Then Peter, when they'd walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. Then Peter came to us and said, Now I know without a doubt the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen. I wonder what the angel looked like. doesn't tell us. Must have just looked like a person. Because the guards and and others, he just walked past. God blinded the eyes of the guards. I've been on Bible smuggling trips to Vietnam and Myanmar years ago, and and I've seen they look and see the package with Bibles, but they don't see. It's like God blinds their eyes. I know this can work. I've been there, done it when I was crazy and younger. (laughs) God, God can do amazing stuff. And then he's out. He's out on the street. When this dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. They're in a Holy Ghost prayer meeting. Let me tell you, they're saying, God, we can't lose Peter. We've lost James. No way. And they're crying out to God. An all-night prayer meeting. They're going for it. Peter knocked on the outer entrance. A servant named Rhoda came to answer the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed, she ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter's at the door. Poor guy, he's left out there standing, saying, the angels got me out of prison, now the guards are going to come and rearrest me if they don't let me in soon. She runs in. You're out of your mind, they told her. What have they been praying about for hours? <laughs> How crazy can this be? I reckon we've done it sometimes. So we've prayed and believed, and then someone gets healed, and they wow, that's awesome. Well, it is awesome, but what were you praying for and expecting? When she kept insisting that it was so, they said it must be his angel. They're trying to ex- explain the breakthrough. But Peter kept on knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. <coughs> Peter mentioned motioned with his hand for them to be quiet and described how the Lord had brought him out of prison. Tell James and the other brothers and sis about this, he said, and then he left for another place. <coughs> Let me tell you, when corporate prayer happens, when we pray together, whether it's two people, it's in a life group, it's a prayer meeting, when we get together on Thursday night with prayer for the city, God can't help but answer and break through. When it's a husband and wife praying together in their family or or a family praying together for breakthrough. God can't resist that prayer of agreement and the power of corporate unity together. Wow. And so that shook that whole town and Peter was released and continued on to be a great leader in that church for many, uh, many, many years. But the church prayed. 
So it was funny they just didn't, didn't actually believe it happened. It says, pray the prayer of faith. So don't be surprised when God answers. And God wants to surprise us with his answers. There's several other scriptures in Acts talk about prayer. Acts 1.12, when the apostle returned to Jerusalem from the hill called Mount of Olives, that's where Jesus went up to heaven, he told them, wait for the power to come. So they walked a Sabbath day's walk from the city. When they arrived, they were upstairs in the room where they were praying. Those present were, uh-oh, God actually records the names of those who show up to the prayer meeting. He doesn't record all the names of those who show up to the worship meeting, but he actually lists everyone who shows up at the prayer meeting. Mm, that's an interesting thought, eh? He actually names everyone that showed up for prayer. Oh, Jesus. Mm, we better move on right there. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. You go on, the Holy Spirit gets poured out in Acts 2.1. Great move of God, 3,000 get saved. Persecution starts, Acts 4.23. The story Peter told about Peter and John seeing the lame men healed. They get beaten up and arrested. And then they're released because God's there. And then this is what happens after they've been released. On their release, Acts 4, 23, 24, Peter and John went back to their own people, reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. What's the first response? Let's reach up and thank God and let's pray also for breakthrough. And they, they pray. They said, Sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. Verse 27 Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the Word of God boldly. Wow, this is the power of corporate prayer. We don't really want this building to shake too much, but we do want our souls and spirits to be shaken and every, every demon in, uh, over this city to be shaken and every, every broken life to know that there's light shining and there's hope and, and love for every family and marriage. And I believe God's teaching us how to pray, to worship, make room for His Spirit, don't stay where you are because God has already shown you a way to live in freedom. Don't let other people be bound in prison. You pray and the Spirit of God will find ways. He doesn't always send an angel. He'll sometimes send a Christian to sow a seed of kindness and love. He might send you to talk to someone new and invite them to church. He might send someone that you can listen to and then pray a prayer of faith. Oh God, you are so, so awesome. You might be a spiritual mom and dad and God will put someone, a new young person on your heart or someone in transformations to pray for every week and love them into the fullness of God's kingdom. God can use all sorts of ways. But today I want to stir your heart. There's personal prayer which is connecting and listening and waiting. And there's corporate prayer and God shows up. Come on up worship team. Tonight I'm going to finish this uh, message. There's just a couple of other key areas on uh, how to uh, pray and ask and see God's breakthrough and believe for the Spirit of God. Prayer is not the only thing we do. I've heard someone say, if you just pray, revival comes. Well, yes and no. 
Prayer is an important part of the process, but you look at Acts chapter 2, they did seven key things and prayer was one of the, one of the important things they did. So it's so important because it prepares and changes your heart and it prepares an open heaven and God responds. But it's not the only thing because when you pray, then you go and sow some seeds. When you pray, then you go and love and forgive someone. When you pray, then you're filled up with boldness and you will share God's love and truth with someone else. So there's a prayer is so important, but it's not the only thing that God says will bring about a move of God. It's so, so essential. So today, I want you to think for a moment How's the personal prayer journey going? I don't want you to leave here condemned, but I just want to stir your heart. Draw near to God and He will draw near to you. Wherever you're at in your prayer journey, I believe God's just saying, draw closer to me. Find those moments in your day. Include God wherever you are. I love praying when I'm driving because your spirit could commune with God and you can still focus on the road and the cars around you. You can be praying quietly while you're in a conversation saying, Holy Spirit, how do I respond to that? How do I reach out in truth and love to this person's need or cry? When we're worshipping, you can feel His presence. Freedom reigns in this place. Let your freedom fight. Let's stand in His presence right now. Just as we come to the last few minutes of our service and I just want you to take a moment, close your eyes and just thank God for the journey of prayer and faith He's led you on. Maybe you've been a Christian for years or decades, but today it's just getting clearer. You've always been trying to sort so many things out on your own or you've allowed your opinions or your hurt or disappointment just affect the way you see life. I just hear the Holy Spirit drawing people today. Because if your personal prayer life is strong, Let me tell you, corporate prayer and worship becomes a joy and a freedom and it's not hard work. And faith will come alive. Some people here, I feel God right now, stirring faith for you to believe, not to settle in disappointment, but to say, God, by faith, we will overcome. Jesus, Jesus. Oh God. As we're just standing in His presence, maybe... You don't know this amazing Jesus in a personal way. You know about him, but God's drawing you right now. Maybe someone's brought you to church or you've been coming off and on, but you've realized that you've never really encountered this Jesus. You, you've watched people pray and you've said a few prayers, but you think, wow, I don't have that sort of relationship where I really feel his presence and love. And When I'm in church, I feel the atmosphere and I feel God's love, but I don't really, I'm really not walking in this. I just want to give you a moment right now. If you've never really opened your heart to Jesus or you need to come back to Him and reaffirm your faith, right now, why don't you just take a a prayer and say, God, change me. I can hear Him knocking on the door of some hearts right now. If you've never made that response to Jesus or you need to come back to Him, right where you are, why don't you lift your hand and say, Pastor Ross, please pray for me. I want to get right with God. God bless you. Who else today say, I've never really done that, but I wanted, I just want to get right. Yeah, God bless you, young man. Who else today? There's several others. I just feel the Holy Spirit saying, yeah, God bless you. He's knocking on some hearts right now. I can hear it. He loves you. Your heart's beating strong, and you just know He's calling you. Don't resist it. Why don't you open your heart right now and say, Jesus, I want to draw near to you, and I'm going to come. 
Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.